Hey there, this is Jessica Stewart, and you are listening to Finding Your Calm with Your Teenager, episode number 37. Anyone out there struggle to remain calm when dealing with your teenager? It's certainly been something that I have struggled with in my parenting journey, so that's what I'm here to help you with. This podcast will give you really practical advice and tips to remain calm when dealing with your teenager, because I truly believe if you can remain calm when doing this, you can remain calm in pretty much any situation. So listen in and enjoy. Hello and welcome. So glad you're here spending time today. For the next few episodes, what I want to focus on is something that I believe is such important work to do, and that is focusing on our anger. And the reason I want to do that is because the podcast is titled Finding Your Calm with Your Teenager. But if you're listening to this because you want to be calm, I'm assuming that you have a lot of times when you're not calm or when you're angry or when you're experiencing those emotions that you don't want to be experiencing. So we can talk about remaining calm and that is definitely work that is intertwined with understanding the other side of that. And I think that's, I, I know that that is the way to be able to remain calm is to understand its opposite essentially which is the anger, which are the, all the emotions that are not calm. <laughs> and those I want to just offer are, I'm pretty sure they're very common among parents of teenagers. And if you don't have any trouble remaining calm when dealing with your teenager, then I'm guessing you're not listening to this podcast. So I'm guessing I'm talking to the right people. And that is why I share this work because for the most part, if you, if the people who know me would generally say I'm a calm person and, and that's kind of how I come across as calm outwardly, but I would be so triggered by my teenagers so often, I would have a super insanely high reaction to things that they would do sometimes I would feel it was warranted because it was behavior that was extremely bad in my mind. And other times I would have a super strong reaction that probably was maybe out of sync with what they had done or what they had, what had happened. They said something and then I completely was triggered by that and flew off the handle in that case. So why is it that we're able to remain calm in other situations, but when it comes to our teenagers, we flip our lids or we lose it or we just start yelling at them. And the reason that I think that this is, and you probably have theories of your own, but our relationships with our children and our teenagers are highly personal. Like when we see somebody else do something that is behavior, like so say we see other people at a bar getting drunk um, and they're not related to us at all. We have nothing to do with how they are behaving. And, you know, whether people drink or get drunk or whatever is 
It could be a problem for you in your mind. It could be something that you don't believe is the right thing to do. It could be not a problem. It could be just you're thinking, well, this is what some people do. But it, but imagine that person getting drunk is our teenager. And then immediately we are personalizing it because we are thinking, well, what does this mean about their future? What does this mean about us as parents? What does this mean about how their their lives are going to end up? What are people going to think about our our person, our our child, our teenager who's you know getting drunk? And I'm just using that as an example. What like I'm not going to go into that, but that's one of the things that our teenagers do. They get drunk. They try drugs. They try. They vape. They smoke. They try the behaviors that you know by and large we want to be able to control and make sure that they don't ever do. But it usually happens that these kinds of behaviors do come up. So it is highly personal. Anything that they do, we almost see them as an extension of ourselves. We see our teenagers and us as the same entity. We don't, we're not able to separate them from ourselves. If you ever think about talking with a friend, maybe about their child getting drunk, you don't have the same reaction because they're not your kid and you don't really have that personal response to it. And you probably have a lot less judgment around that if it's another person's child as well. So it's just interesting to think about those things. So uh, for myself, parenting has been my greatest teacher in how to manage my own emotions. And in fact, That's what I want to focus on in this particular episode is how we look at anger and losing our temper as, uh, as a, as gaining wisdom from it and not immediately labeling it as something that's bad and shameful and that we need to feel really bad about. And the only way that we can change it is if we feel super bad about it, because with anger, if you're willing to look at it if you're willing to reflect on the situations where you've become extremely angry, you will gain so much insight into things that trigger you. And also simply by looking at it, you will also be able to respond in a better way the next time that it comes up. So imagine, I kind of like to use metaphors, but say you have a neighbor who's super angry, who comes over all the time and they knock on your door and they just always come at the worst time and they're knocking on the door and maybe they're complaining about something that you did. So the first time they do it, maybe, maybe you just moved into the neighborhood and the first time they do it, you are just kind of, in shock. You don't know how to react. You don't know how to respond. But the next time that they do it, you're prepared. You expect that this could happen. You have some tools in your toolbox. You understand that maybe this person is this way and you know that they're going to complain about the certain thing. So it's, so that I just offer that as sort of a visual that when you are thinking about how anger visits you on a regular basis, if it does, then if you're willing to reflect on it, think about it and be ready 
and understand it and recognize it before it gets there, you're a little more prepared with how to deal with the situation. You're a little more prepared to be able to take a pause, take a breath before you, uh, before you react and respond. So in this episode, I just want to talk about that instead of making anger this bad thing that we want to push away and that we want to like just hold down and say, we're not, we're not feeling this. I'm not going to get angry. I'm not going to get angry. Like our kid does something and then you're just like, no, I'm not going to think about this. I'm not getting angry. not getting angry. And inside you're just like almost exploding because you're trying to push it down. And we talk about pushing down emotions, like pushing a beach ball underwater. You can push it down, it's still going to come up. So when anger is there, again, as the same way we, we deal with all of the other emotions, we can pause, we can use our breath and bring it back, like just take a few deep breaths before we react and respond to our anger coming up. And we don't have to, we don't have to react to it. Like it feels like we have to, but we don't have to react to it right away. So the way it could come up is like your teenager sends you a text message that just gets your blood boiling and you want to react and you need to react. You don't have to react. And in fact, the worst time to react is when you're feeling angry. But let's just, let's just rewind a bit. Say there has been a situation where you have reacted in a way that you didn't want to. Your anger response was so super quick. You didn't, you just felt like I could not stop this. And it just, it just happened before you knew it. Everybody was yelling. Things were getting thrown. People were slamming doors. And it was just a, it was just a mess. So that happens. And I'm, that's common. (laughs) So no no judgment. But when you look at those situations, first of all, you're going to reflect on it and notice what actually happened. So the actual factual circumstance of what happened without any thoughts about it at the beginning. So we're just reflecting on this. We're looking back at a situation. So you can think of that right now. You may want to want to write something down but what actually happened. So let's choose an example of my teenager called me for a ride because he was too drunk to drive. Okay. So the, and then that's, that was the situation. Um, and you can then have your thoughts about it and you can see that there's some different thoughts you could have here. One person could have a thought. That's amazing. He called because he didn't want to, uh, he knew it wasn't safe to drive. Or that's amazing that he felt like he could trust you. Another person could have the response, I can't believe he got so drunk that he wasn't able to drive. Like, there's many different thoughts you could have here. So let's say you had that anger response, then likely your thought would be more like, I can't believe that, like, he he is so disrespectful to me because he got drunk and, um, knew he needed to get the car home, but, but didn't. So I'm not telling you what is the right way to think in this situation, but if you got angry, it was likely something on like the last thought that I just offered. And then you have that anger response and then notice as you're reflecting on this, what did you do in that situation? If you had the thought, 
that caused anger and you reacted on it, maybe you yelled at your child, maybe you, um, you know, slammed a door, maybe you got yelled at, at your partner who was sitting nearby. So just notice what happened. Also notice what came up. How did it feel in your body when you felt that anger? Usually for me, it's like in my chest, it's, it feels hot. It's in my face. It feels like a whole bunch of pressure. It feels like I just want to explode, yell. And you, you can notice how that feels in your body. So notice that without judgment for the way you reacted and responded. And the, the thought about whatever happened, notice how closely linked it is to fear about your child's safety. Notice that it's fear maybe about the safety of others. Notice it's fear likely about how you've maybe failed as a parent, which is such a triggering thing. Like anytime we feel that we're not doing a good job or that we failed some way as a parent, that will bring up such anger and defensiveness and what did we do wrong? And and it takes us to another level that is never helpful in that situation. But when you look back at it, you can have some understanding and compassion for why you felt so angry at that time. And instead of having the judgment and the shame about how you responded, how I like to look at it is that you were like hooked in a trance. Because when this happens, your logical thinking brain goes offline, your primitive brain comes in and just takes over you get sort of tunnel vision, you can't think of anything else, you're in a sense blinded by rage and fury, and you're like shutting down and all you can see is just a very small tunnel vision view of of what's happening. And you don't have the capacity to open up and make yourself feel, okay, I'm, I'm safe right now, my child is safe right now, They called me. This is what's actually happening. They called me for a ride. Everybody's safe. Instead, our primitive brain has gone off to the, the, all the danger and the fear that our brain has kicked up for us. So have some compassion for that. You can just say, look, you, you were just scared then. That's why you reacted in that way. That's why you responded because of what you thought. So it's understanding that our thoughts And sometimes these thoughts come up so quickly that we don't even have a time to catch them. But the more we look back at this reflective process, the more we can catch in the future when this comes up again. So I've done this several times and I've gotten gradually better at being able to notice when I'm so angry. I can feel that response coming up in me to the point where I'm like, whoa, I'm all, I always have to like, I have to sit down. I am not fit to respond, to talk, to do anything at this moment in time. We have to time out ourselves. So we think about giving ch- children and teenagers timeouts. Parents need them too. And when you give yourself a timeout, when you give yourself some space to breathe and some space before you react and respond, the outcome can be changed dramatically. And 
you can open up your capacity for being able to keep your brain online or just bring it back online. Even if it went offline, you have the ability to say, whoa, offline, not processing appropriately right now. I need to get back online before I am able to respond appropriately to this situation. Okay. So just think about that this week. If you struggle with anger, if you struggle to remain calm in situations, don't beat yourself up about it. Don't feel ashamed. It, it's your brain's response and reaction to things that you are, have fear about an extreme fear about it. And when it comes to our protection over our children, we have like, you know, mama bear, papa bear, (laughs) mama tiger, papa tiger fear about our children and how to protect them. So it, it totally makes sense. And it doesn't reacting from that situation doesn't help. Now, I'm not talking about if it's an emergency, if you need to do something and you need your primitive brain to help you react in an emergency when it's an actual emergency situation, um, you know, by all means, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about most things that we're dealing with that cause this blind rage and fury are not life-threatening situations in that moment. So we can pause, we can reflect back on them. And the more you do this reflective practice, the easier it will be to recognize it when it comes up. So I've done this process for myself several times because I was so tired of getting so angry all the time and realizing that it wasn't working for me. And so I know that I was able to to do it and I know that you can do it too, for sure, 100%. So... Just start thinking about it this week with some curiosity, with some non-judgment about things that have happened or come up for you in the past. And I really hope that you found this helpful. I'm going to be talking in the next few episodes, again, a little bit more uh, about anger and losing our temper and the things that we can do about it in a really practical way. So thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening. And I am a life coach, if you didn't know. And what I'm doing is I'm starting my six-week coaching program to launch it. And I'm actually looking for some people to go through it with me for free. And this is a six-week life coaching program on how to improve your relationship with your teenagers. And I'm really looking for some people to be part of this program with me, to help me refine it. And I know that I can help you and get you to a place where you're feeling better about your relationship with your teenager, you're feeling more confident with your parenting, and you are knowing how to manage your emotions and working one-on-one with me will help you with this for sure. And I would be so happy to work with you and offer you this amazing value. And you would pay me with your time and I would be so grateful for the opportunity to coach you if you're interested. So I am going to leave my email address in the show notes. And if you are interested in a space, please feel free to email me and we can talk about it and jump on a call and see if this might be something that you would be interested in doing. 
I absolutely believe that this coaching that we have learned has been the best thing for me and for my relationship with my teenagers, first and foremost, but all of the relationships in my life. And I know for sure that I can help you achieve this as well. So I can't wait to hear from you.